Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Best Hang podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Bierman. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. We got Max, we got Shane, and I am Mike. Fellas, we had a lot to talk about. A lot has happened. We haven't recorded a pod uh, in a while. The last our listeners heard, we were about to leave for a mystery bachelor trip. Well, we went on that bachelor trip. We have returned. We can reveal the details now. Uh, The teasing is done. The trip has happened. We are all back safe and sound. Guys, how are you feeling? Uh, I think we're all on the mend. I mean, it was a pretty crazy weekend and yeah. uh, I've had this weird cough for a while. turns out that <laughs> if you have like a cough or a sore throat, you just take Tylenol and usually that Tylenol cold and sinus and that actually is, solves your problems that I, I probably could have been doing this about six weeks ago. Yeah. Wait a second. Give, give some background here for the listeners. Like uh-huh. you are, you are a singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, you've sort of had this tickler, <laughs> something wrong with your throat. People need to know Max is a singer. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that his, that his voice has been bothering yeah. him. And mm-hmm. that there's been like a level of consternation from Max. Like you've uh-huh. been like, how do I fix this thing for weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're saying that the fix might just be Tylenol. Yeah. So I went to this, uh, this doctor, the speech pathologist, uh, who's dealt with Michael Bublé, Sting, Roger Daltrey, and then and he's this interesting guy. His name's Aaron, really nice guy, and I kind of enjoyed it because I really couldn't talk during the appointment because he just massaged my neck for forty five minutes. Mm. So <laughs> it was a very. He was like, "Trust me, you'll be good after this." I was like, "This seems kind of weird. Like I don't understand how this is totally going to work." Um, <laughs> And then I was like, can you just tell me stories about Sting? And then he just proceeded to tell me like 45 minutes worth of stories about Sting, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, and then he actually did. I had a sore throat, like it was hurt, hurt to swallow. And then like a, a day later, after all the massaging, it kind of like was solved. And then he was like, also just take some Tylenol cold and sinus. That'll like get rid of your congestion in your chest and your throat. And I'm doing that and it seems to be working. <laughs> but so. wait, is it the throat massage or the Tylenol? Because I feel like people are going to go buying Tylenol when really it's the throat massage that's doing the trick. Uh, I don't know who's to say, but I think they're both working okay. and uh shout out to Aaron. Good guy. Uh, but anyway, we're here to talk about Chicago. 
Like that's mm. what that's. Um, I think I think we uh, we should just get into it right right off the bat. You know, it's, Mike did a hell of a job orchestrating this trip. Uh, is a mystery trip, uh, as, as our listeners would know. And probably by the time the date came around, of the 23 guys coming, how many people actually didn't know where we were going? Yeah, mystery <laughs> might be an exaggeration. <laughs> you know, it's a good question. So, yeah, for, for a little bit of background, you know, Greg, he's getting married in October to the wonderful Laura DeSantis. It's very exciting. At some point along the way with the bachelor trip, we were going to go to Austin, but then, like, for some reason, flights got crazy expensive. And he was like, you know what? This is stressing me out. I don't want a bachelor party anymore. He's like, it's too expensive. I don't want to put that on people. I'm like, have a bachelor party. I'm like, guys, like one, you're going to regret it if you don't do it Two, most of these fucking guys just want to get out of the house. Like we've been in a pandemic. We want to like way less to do with Greg than it did the dudes wanting to leave yeah. their families for, they've been in the house for three years. It's like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> Max, it can just be a vacation. People don't want to leave their families. Everything with you is everyone wants to get away from their families. That's how you always position everything. You ain't so lying. people love, love their families. Yes. <laughs> Some people. <laughs> so, so he's, so I'm like, Greg, I'm like, people, people will dig it. They don't care about the money. Like, and if, if money's a thing, those people won't come. It's fine. So we find, he goes, okay, but you know, I just, I don't want to know about it. Like I, I'm, it's stressing me out. Just if it happens, it happens. I'll be happy. Just surprise me. So me and Julian and Dan, who are in the wedding party, Shane's also actually in the wedding party, but Shane's also sort of in the middle of being sort of the, the, the center of a huge sketch show. So he's not available necessarily to plan this mystery bachelor trip. Um, although I'm sure he would have loved to, uh, being part of great. Well, let's not jump to assumptions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, we, we start figuring out how are we going to do this? Where are we going to go? And so the way that we sort of went about it is Greg's kind of tricky too, because he, he, his job with the Raptors, he's fucking flying private to every, like, you know, he's on the team plane. He goes to every American city where there's obviously an NBA team. Greg has seen a lot of places. So it's not like you can just pick a spot and be like, Hey Greg, we're going to New York city. He's like, Oh, I went there, you know, five times last year to shoot Raptor stuff. You know what I mean? So it can't, the city is like a part of it, but it can't be the main thing. So how do you start figuring out where to go? Well, you start looking at what's happening in those cities on the weekend that we can go. So we're like, is Weezer on tour? Greg's a huge Weezer fan. Ah, no, Weezer's not playing anywhere that weekend. All right. Is there like a, is there a, are the Jays somewhere interesting? You start kind of doing that thing. And we came across the Strokes and Red Hot Chili Peppers doing a stadium tour. Uh, and it was in Chicago that weekend at Soldier Field. We were like, okay, this can be the spot. There's so much to do in Chicago. We could go to like a fucking Cubs game. We can do lots. But the, the crown jewel of the trip will be this, this concert. How the hell do we get like 20 guys into a concert? Well... We've got this friend, you know, who happens to be in a pretty successful band who sells a lot of tickets and might know some people in the promoting game. This is where we brought Max into the fold. And Max, maybe you take it from here and the ask that came through. Okay, so Mike calls me. He's like, all right, I, we got this thing. We got this plan, but I think, Max, we could use your help. So it's like, I know we're supposed to do this mystery trip, but we're going to let you in on the mystery because you'd be part of planning the thing. I'm like, cool, what's the thing? Red Hot Chili Pepper Strokes Chicago. I'm like, awesome, Okay can we get tickets? I'm like, okay, well, you know, getting tickets for shows really depends on a lot of things. Like sometimes if it's like a tiny club and it's a big band, that's really hard because literally there's like a fire code. Sometimes if it's like a big band, but like in New York or LA, that's really hard because all of the industry is there. When you said this show, I was like, you know what? There's a chance this could happen because it's not LA or Chicago. So it's not like there's necessarily going to be like a ton of- LA or New York. Sorry, yeah, sorry, LA, LA or New York, <laughs> LA or New York, my bad. Um, and also it's like Soldier Field is so massive. It's a football stadium. So it's like, okay, maybe there's a little bit of wiggle room here. Who's the promoter? Live Nation. Okay, we know 
the folks at Live Nation. Live Nation is like the main promoter for our accounts. We've worked with lots of great promoters. Lately, they've been our go-to. And also the promoter of the rally. So I go, oh, how many people are coming? And the way I remembered it, and and I could be getting this wrong, is I think the original number is like yeah, 15, maybe. Like, you know, we're probably looking at 15. So in my yeah. head, I go, It'll probably 12 people will show up. I'm like, I could probably do that. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, leave it with me. So then I'm like, oh, thinking about it, I was like kind of looking at how expensive the tickets were on the internet. I'm like, okay. So I went through, I went down a few different paths that were ultimately not the right path. There's a whole strategy when it comes to asking for shit. And the expert at this is, by the way, is is the nut. The nut is <laughs> the greatest at figuring out who to go to, when, and why. So he actually gave me a suggestion and I ignored him and I went down another road and it was a total dead end. And he's like, Max, I told you, don't fucking do that. That's the wrong way to go about it. (laughs) Go here. I'm like, okay. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I had this thought. I'm going to wait till the day after the rally and then I'm going to email the president or I'm going to call the president of Live Nation Canada and go, (laughs) hey, he's our guy. He's like, Eric, remember yesterday? He's like, what about it? (laughs) Remember how we sold 26,000 tickets? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, I need 15 <laughs> yeah. for Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like, Ugh. and I was like, and also, by the way, I fucked it up and I already went to some of your colleagues and probably fucked shit up for you. And he's like, oh, why'd you do that, Max? I'm like, sorry. I know I should have just came to you first. He's like, leave it with me. So Eric has like a very big, important job. And that was probably beginning mid, yeah, end of June, mid July. July is an insane time for the concert business, but in Toronto, it's been really busy, but it's also been very chaotic because the weekend show that Eric was running got canceled the day of because of the power outage. You know, the Sean Mendes court tour gets canceled. Drake's gets COVID, gets canceled. Like all these tours are happening, and. Eric, in many uh, respects, is in the middle of all that stuff. So I didn't really want to bug him about like, hey, are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Because Mike was asking, hey, Max, are we good with the tickets? And I was like, I, I think so. <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure. And you were good about not asking me too many times, but I know it's probably on your mind a lot. You're like, is this actually going to fucking happen? Because this whole trip is predicated around this experience. So basically, like, the Monday, we leave on Thursday. Monday, I still haven't heard back from Eric. I'm, I've texted him a couple of <laughs> times, I've emailed. He's going through a lot. There's like a, yeah. It's, so it's a very busy time for him. So finally I call him and I'm like, you know, Eric, uh, I'm supposed to come through with these tickets uh, for like Thursday. It's like Tuesday. He's like, when's the show? I'm like, it's Friday. He's like, oh fuck. I thought it was like three weeks from now. Sorry about that. I'll take care of it. And then I'm like, oh, also Eric, you know how I said I need like 12 to 15 tickets? Uh, I need 23 tickets because <laughs> the, the size of the crew is ballooned. So he's like, okay. So basically um, he says we're, we're going to be good. He connects me with his colleague, like the live nation rep who's running the show in Chicago and we're set, but I don't know anything other than the guy going, you'll be good. So maybe we'll come back to the, the concert, but maybe let, let, let's, let's get to the airport. Yeah. And, it's uh, like we'll a Tarantino us. film, this story. We're <laughs> <laughs> messing with the chronological order. For better order, or worse, so we, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're back to the... Uh, so the, the initial question about how many people knew about the, the surprise location. So from our position, we're kind of like, these are grown men. They've paid their money. They sort of just gave... They, in good faith, gave... Everybody sent me money and just... And there's passports and trusted it would happen. 
I was like, if people want to know, because it was, I was like, we let people know, we're like, it's drivable. If you don't want to fly, like you can drive, we'll tell you the location, et cetera. What we just didn't want really was people to know the main surprise, right? Like when they got there, it's like, oh, and by the way, you know, you're covered for this awesome concert. Um, so people, I told, I told Shane right away, cause I was like, Hey, this is what we're doing. I let him know. I actually, Shane was the only one I let know, like the surprise, the concert part of it. Mm. And then. I didn't really let anybody else. I mean, if people wanted to ask, they want to know, but we have a good friend, uh, Dan <laughs> Hamilton, uh, who, you know, the old saying loose lips sink ships. I got a feeling that Dan was like the leak for every guy in Toronto, yeah. like the whole Toronto contingent somehow found out, I think through Dan, I don't know, Max, you're on that side. You're out with those guys all the time. How did everybody there sort of dis- uh, discover it? I, yeah, I don't know, but, but I do remember getting a text message. I'm going to see if I can find it here. Basically um, I'm in a group text with uh, your brother and Dan and like literally yeah. like a, a month ago, he was like, can't wait till we hit the town in Chicago. And like yeah. he literally wait, said it. And the, Greg knew. No, no, no. He, he, no, no, he did. And then I texted Dan on the side. I'm like, Dan, are you fucking stupid? Like what the fuck? You know, this whole <laughs> thing is a surprise. And then Greg's Greg goes, what's going on in Chicago? And I'm like, Oh, we're going there next weekend. And me and Dave Friesen, like people that did Greg wouldn't necessarily be invited to, but like our Dan and I's friends. So we made up a, a quick excuse, oh but my uh, God. He, he, he did not catch on. I know. Yeah. I heard about this from, <sighs> uh, from I think Julian or maybe Sean, somebody had told me that it happened. And so I was Greg like, probably ah, God knew. damn it. He probably pretended well, out of respect for you and Dan that he didn't know, but he knew. <laughs> I I would think that, but because this was like three months before and it, it, like Max and them are like, you know, we see they're in different cities. I only think that he didn't because when we got to the moment, so th- there's basically a whole thing where I'd heard about that thing and then it slipped to a couple of the guys in Hamilton. So a few people kind of guys knew, I, I think Felix like guessed it. He claimed he guessed. So it was like, but then there was a bunch of people that actually didn't want to know. Like there was a bunch of guys that like actually part Mike of the D fun didn't was know. just Mike D didn't yeah, know. Yeah, DZ didn't know. Brody, Rob. There was a bunch of guys that Mark had Myers no idea. Didn't and know. I, no. And for the fun for the for them, the fun was like act, they wanted to sort of enjoy the experience of learning in the moment. So Greg Greg shows up, and what had happened is me, Dan, and Julian were talking, and I was basically it's like if you guys were all out drinking, and Dan just told him one night. Again, I don't care. It's Greg's trip. I just want him to have a good time once we're there. But what we were planning was the reveal. And I was like, I don't want Greg to have to do some performative bullshit if we're going to like, because basically our, our, our idea was we wrapped up uh, the DVD Chicago starring Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta Jones. (laughs) Um, Classic movie. So he opens the DVD. He sees we're in Chicago. Then he opens the DVD and inside is a CD of the Red Hot Chili Peppers in a CD of the Strokes. Mm. So that ends up becoming kind of like the bit. But as like the three of us are talking about it, I'm just like, are we, are we doing this so that Dan doesn't get in trouble for telling Greg? So I was just like brass tacks. I was just like, Dan, does Greg know? I'm like, you guys are drinking all the time. I'm like, I just don't want to give him the gift and make him have to act in front of everybody. It's cool. Just let us know. And then Dan didn't really respond. And I was like, Jules, what, what's going on? And Dan's like, then Dan finally pipes in. He's like, I honestly don't think he knows. He's like, honestly, like I don't. And I was like, all right, well, fuck it. Let's do it. It'll be a laugh. And all I'll say is it's like when he opened the DVD, I just don't think my brother is that good of an, like an actor. Like I, like I, like his genuine sort of like excitement and surprise. And then I did kind of ask him later in the trip. I'm like, did you know? He says he didn't. It'd be very kind of him. I don't think he knew. I think he did forget about it, that enough stuff had passed and sports shit and things had happened where he just, he actually dropped that. And then. He actually was surprised when the moment came around or maybe he compartmentalized it. So, He's also planning a wedding too. There's like a million fucking things going on, but you could be right, Shane. I I believe mm-hmm. though that 
he had his brain had reset and he was genuinely surprised. I feel like he would have come clean. Greg's a very honest guy. So yeah. if, if he said afterwards that he he didn't know, he didn't know. I did feel yeah. bad for Mark Myers, though, because he had his bags packed with like Bermuda shorts and Hawaiian shirts <laughs> and stuff. And he's, he loves the ocean. And he was convinced that we could have been going to the Bahamas or something. He's more of mm. a uh, that type of vacation than a city guy. So, uh, mm. you know, we had a heart to heart afterwards, but he's just like, you know, I'm, I am just glad we're hanging with the guys, but I would have. Oh, preferred. poor Mark. Well, yeah. God, for my bachelor trip, which Mark was on, we did go to the Bahamas. Yeah. So he probably thought we were running it back, you know, and he did. He brought his football to the beach. He does, he does love the ocean, uh, Mark Myers, but, uh, we'll get to Mark Myers on this trip mm. because he's, it's, it's funny. You got 23 guys and certain personalities will stand out. You got a ton of different people travel different ways. They feel their comfort zones, different ways. Some people will sort of like rise to the top in the way that they sort of just naturally organize things and it is a very fascinating like social experiment to see what it is like uh which we will get to so we all get to the airport the reveal is made people cheer they're kind of but i think to your point shane like people didn't know like are they like are we going to bahamas are we going to hawaii it's like well not for the money you paid but it's like uh you know it's chicago and then once the concert was like there was a buzz guys were like excited it was like mm. oh this is like cool and then like anything like you could throw 20 of us at fucking five star in downtown Hamilton. And we're going to get excited to have a night. So it was like, we're all getting on a plane. Max had come through at this point. The word had come down. I don't know. Like <laughs> the night before Max is like, we're good. So I'm like, awesome. That part is like sorted. In my mind, though, I was like, I hope yeah. we're good. I do want to yeah. tell you. <laughs> well, Cause the way it might probably would have had to work is we, I knew you could get us like tickets. Like we could probably get mm -hmm. GA or something at a, and then mm -hmm. it was just like, we'd all have to pitch in. There was going to be some permeation, but then you were like, we're good, good. Yeah. So anyway, we're all at the airport. It's exciting. We're all going to go. We got all the guys there. Shane, you knew uh, what, what, like where we were going. And I don't know if you were excited because as we both know, this ended up because of the way that the show unfolded that we're shooting right now, it kind of ended up being like this huge thing in the middle of a ton of work, which it kind of didn't exist that way before. And all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, we have to do this thing as well. How were you framing this trip? How were you looking forward to it? Were you not even thinking about it? How did you sort of perceive it as it was coming? I think you and I talked about it before where we didn't even really have time to think about the trip until it was happening because we were shooting the show right up until the night before. So once we wrapped yeah. the night before, let's say eight or 9 PM, then you and I said to each other, oh, now we can actually start getting excited about the trip, thinking about the trip. And yeah, I was excited, but I'm also worried because I hadn't had one drop of alcohol leading up to there in months. So oh, wow. I'm thinking, oh, like, how is this going to affect me coming back? Because we were in such a good mode of working and, you know, inertia is king. So once you fall out of that, then you get into party mode, you can get a little bit sluggish after that. So I was mm. worried, you know, how are my levels going to be uh, coming out of this trip? So, yeah, that was my concern. Yeah. That being said, I still had three beers at the airport uh, before we go, <laughs> which is at 11 a.m. Yeah, yeah, 11 a.m. You have yeah. to do that, by the way. When you start a bachelor party, you just have to do it. I don't know why. You just have to get a beer at the airport. Then you get excited and then you have another one. And then Mike bought me my third. And I was like, uh-oh, you know, now I'm, I haven't drank in months. This is feeling way too good. And of course, on the tarmac, the plane is delayed for an hour yeah. and a half or two. So I was sluggish as hell by the time we landed but yeah i drank my way um i will say the thing i was most looking forward to on the whole trip was just to see how shane cunningham interacted with sean menard his roommate 
And uh, <laughs> there is uh, two of some of the most interesting, unique, special people that I know who have like who are lifelong friends slash rivals who do sort of similar things. And I was like, I, what is it going to be like? Are they going to drive each other crazy? Are they going to get into a fight? Are they like, what's the, you know, they, but they've also grown up, you know, it's, it's not like a couple of 21 year olds. Um, for our listeners, you know, Sean Menard is uh, a very celebrated documentary filmmaker. He's a very um, motivational guy. You know, if you're around him, he'll probably pump you up and give you like a, a speech. Um, Mike, how would you describe, I, or Shane, how would you, how would you describe your relationship with, with Sean? Before we get, before we, Sean being a motivational guy, literally have a book sitting on my desk that he mailed me a couple months ago. <laughs> He's that kind of guy who does that kind of thing. 4,000 weeks, time management for mortals. Uh, <laughs> so I haven't found the time to read it yet, but it is here and he is uh, ironic. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But he's that so. kind of guy who sends you a book about how to improve yourself. Totally. So, and, and I will say this, um, when we got to, sorry, when we got to the airport in Chicago, we all, uh, ended up getting on the train to go into the city because we we looked at it. It'll be way cheaper. It might be just as fast. And then we were in the first group to get on the train. We finally get to the hotel. And who's there checking in? <laughs> Shane and Sean. Sean had car service arranged for him at the airport. It was like, Mr. Bernard, we're waiting for you. And also, <laughs> when we get to the hotel, he has three packages waiting for him. From Whole nuts. Foods. From Whole Foods, nuts, <laughs> bottles of water. He's like, hey, Max, want one? He tosses me this like big alkaline water thing. I'm like, what is going on? So, yeah. so Shane, what were you what were you antici- anticipating when uh, when you knew Sean was going to be your, your roommate? And, and describe a little bit of your history and, and yeah. it, would you consider it a rivalry? I don't know if I'd consider it a rivalry. Maybe at one point when you're a kid and you're just young and you're stupid and you can mm-hmm. get competitive with anyone who's in your same field. But I met Sean through Mike's brother, Greg. They were attached at the hip in high school. And then I became integrated in that group. And we were like the three musketeers. I don't know. We did everything together. We all kind of uh, did this thing I was doing at the time called Snatch TV, a little TV production. We all fell in love with the industry. And from there, yeah, we all kind of took off in our own direction. Greg, of course, is working for uh, the Raptors. He does the the behind-the-scenes show. And... Menard fell in love with documentary filmmaking. But at one point, we were all kind of in the comedic realm. So I guess that that can be competitive. The difference between Menard and me, I would say, is he is like me if I could be confident all the time. Menard has this, <laughs> this, this awesome belief in himself that I don't have. Uh, and, you know, it really propels him forward. Like he, I went to a premiere of his first documentary that made it into TIFF. And he was on stage with Drake and LeBron. And I'm yeah. just looking at this guy I went to high school with, you know, when we were like essentially just nerds walking around school, like being ignored. And now he's on stage, <laughs> like giving a speech in front of LeBron. Uh, he's a leader. So I, I can lead. Don't get me wrong. But Sean leads in like every aspect. And he's a very in control, organized guy. And time management is something that he covets a lot. So when we landed, it was a little bit awkward. <laughs> Because I don't know how to be confrontational in a lot in a lot of ways in life. And Menard's like, hey, we're just we just got to leave. I got a car waiting like I don't want to wait around and talk. So let's just get in the car and let's go. Let's not make a big to do of it. Let's let's just leave. I'm like I have to pee, though. He goes, OK, go to the washroom downstairs. But I'm also close to, to Mark Myers now. Right. And Mark knows I get lost easily. I get confused. I have no sense of direction. So Mark's kind of like my dad on trips. <laughs> so Mark starts going, Shane, we've lost Shane. 
Shane is lost, everyone. <laughs> he came to me. He's like, Shane's gone. Shane's missing. Yeah. <laughs> we can't. Leave. He goes, we can't leave until we find Shane. And then this speaks to, so then Max goes, no, no, no. We're getting on the fucking subway. And Max just grabs a whole, because Max is also a leader. Yeah. He grabs the group of guys who want to get on the subway and don't care about how the situation resolves. And then he leaves with that contingent. So now the guys that are like, Oh, geez, we can't, we're not no man left behind. I'm still trying to keep the camaraderie together. We've literally been on this trip for four hours. <laughs> By the already, way, this is an overarching theme for the entire weekend moving forward. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Mark is like trip, trip dad. We were talking about Mark and we'll get into that. So he's like, we need to find Shane. So like me, Dan Hamilton, Greg Veerman, the bachelor, uh, we're like still like waiting there. Like, cause we're okay. Well, I'm sure Shane is just, he's maybe lost taking a pee. And then Mark and Dan fan out to find Shane. Yes. And I, and I'm like, Oh, I just, I got it. Like, I'll just, I just know like it may, I assumed he wasn't answering his phone because I was like, the first thing you'd do if you're Mark is probably call. So I call Shane. He picks up. I'm like, yo, where are you oh, at? Wait, like, wait, wait. Dan, before that, before yeah, that. You go ahead. Go ahead. So go ahead. I was in the washroom peeing and they found me. So the, I'm just <laughs> peeing and they're like, oh, there you are. And, and Menard is like, we got we to gotta get to the car. You got to break away yet again. And I'm like, hey, guys, I kind of like pretend to wash my hands. I splash. I just run out of the place. And Menard's like, keep walking, keep walking. And I'm like, I, I think they're worried about me. He's, and so my, my logic was the same as you, Mike. Like, if they're that worried, they can call. I get in the car and it's this really nice car. This driver has a sign. It's this really <laughs> fancy car. I don't know cars. It could have been a Rolls Royce. I don't know. But we, we get in and then I get a call from Mike and I'm scared because I know Mike organize the trip. He wants everything to go smoothly because Mike's a bit of a leader too, you know? So uh, <laughs> get a call from Mike and he knows I'm doing something fucked up. So Mike's like, hey, hey man. So I'm scared. What's going on? Where are you? I'm like, I'm in a car. And Mike goes, well, oh, you're in a car. Just you and Menard. I'm like, yes. Well, you know, Greg, it's his bachelor party. Maybe you could have invited him. And, and then I say something which sounds... Which sounds like the biggest lie in the world. Like, it's inexplicable what I say next. I'm like, well, there's only two seats for passengers in this car. And Mike's like, <laughs> Mike's like, oh, that seems impossible. But okay, I'll see you later. Like, hangs up. <laughs> this car, it was like a weird luxury car. So it had me sitting in a seat, kind of like a first class, like, like the chair I'm sitting in was kind of like that. This big middle console that you could put snacks and uh, huge cup holders. Then Menard was in the other seat. Then in the front passenger seat, it had like this collapsed seat that was all fucked up and locked off. Like Menard had said, we're only traveling for two. So, and Menard got that seat so he could essentially like lay down and kick his feet out. So I wasn't lying, but I felt like the biggest jerk because what I said seems impossible because mm -hmm. what car can only seat three, the driver and two passengers. Then we're stuck in traffic. And I'm panicking. I'm like, they're going to get there before us. We look like assholes and we're not even going to get there before anybody. Sure enough, we show up and Max is literally one, 10 seconds behind us. You're just like, yeah. hey, hey, guys. We're like, oh, yeah, we took a car to get here faster. And we got like five <laughs> steps ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. What? A, yeah. And honestly, and I did feel bad because like, whatever, Shane, we, not, we know each other so well. And I didn't want my thing was just like. I wouldn't, I don't care that Menard got a car. Just tell us, even if you don't have a spot for Greg, just be like, we'll meet you at the hotel. Because what happened was we lost the max group. And now we were like, now we were three ways divided. And I was like, let's just all roll to the subway, like 20 deep. And, and we'll meet Sean and Shane. But because Menard was doing it kind of clandestinely, like Mark then was, anyway, it just broke the group up. Also, Max was not going to wait. So it was like, all right, that's gone. 
Shane, they're gone. I guess there's only two seats. And then I was kind of like, yeah, anyway, it was very funny. And it was a very like idiosyncratic, like Menard sort of ism. And to Menard's point, like he didn't want to take the subway. Like, like, you know, that's fine. Like, and he wanted, you know, but to Max's point, like at the time of day, it it was actually quicker on the subway because of, it was like almost rush hour on like a Thursday. Anyway, we all get to the, uh, we all get to the hotel. Yeah. Max, you were going to say something. I mean, the first night was, was fun. Like we were kind of just like, all right, everyone meeting up. We went to, we actually, the first night we didn't re- it's hard to plan things for 22 people. And yes. And so basically it's like, we kind of got in that funny zone where it's like getting into a cool bar with 22 guys is kind of impossible. So you kind of end up wandering around. It's also a Thursday. So it's not the most happening night of the week. We ended up going to this like barstool sports bar, which was very odd. And, uh, there was that first, you know, that first night though was good. Cause it was like, we got to the hotel and everybody hits the rooftop pool. So we're kind of like, and this is the great thing too, like Canadians in America, like beer is pretty cheap relatively. So everybody goes into a convenience store and buys a case of like high life or some shit. And so like you walk into the lobby hotel, there's Matt Unsworth literally holding a case of beer. And he's like, all right, handing them out. It's like, okay, now we're on the trip. We're getting into the groove. We all meet at the hotel. Guys are drinking. I'm like, got to get my brother a burger so he can get to the end of the night. The first place, we were, there was some bar that you had recommended, Matt. You were like, let's go to this bar because someone had heard it was cool. So we're oh, going to go there. Yeah. Two slammed. We ended up at this games room, basically, that's got like shuffleboard and all this shit. And that worked because it was like big enough that it could like hold our group and we could have a good time. From there, we ended up in a bar that I didn't realize it was like a bar stool sports bar until I started seeing like all these quotes from Dave Portnoy, like on the wall. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they like Fran. Interesting. Okay. I was like, that's it. But the DJ was awesome. It was like early 2000s Billy Bobs. I was kind of <laughs> like, well, the music's pretty fun. And then someone from there, and there was like a work party going on there on a second floor. And like, I just remember sitting at a table with like, Unzi and like Shane, you were there. And I just like, from an anthropological standpoint, I'm like, that looks like a work party. Those two look like they've got something going on, but they're trying to keep it from everybody else at the work party. And that <laughs> boss is really drunk. I'm like, but somebody's trying to keep him. And so you're kind of doing that <laughs> thing, which is entertaining. And then I don't know who said it, but they're like, we're going to the next bar. I'm like, it's fucking like one. I, the music here is popping, man. They're about to, you know, they're about to like play some, <laughs> by the way, Disney I just want to say for our listeners, this really speaks to how little Mike has gotten out of the house because it, it, it was a <laughs> shitty bar. It was a shitty bar. You're like, oh, yes, Mike's so impressed. Literally, it was maybe 20% capacity and they're playing like fine music. But you're like, this place is awesome. It was not awesome. But I like that you thought it was so awesome. I am a people watcher mm-hmm. and the people watching in that yeah. bar was yeah. very good. That was my thing. I'm like, I am entertained here from a people watching standpoint and these weird Chicago people like out for their work drinks. I do like watching Max too when he's not in a place where he's known everywhere. It's like how you react. You're like going around and you were talking to one person. I'm like, wow, that person's really into that conversation. And we're having a debate. We're like, do they know he's in our Kells or not? And I'm so adamant because I don't know why, but I'm like, there's no way anyone has a conversation like that with anybody unless they know they're famous. And everyone's like, no, Max is pretty charismatic. So I, we're having this debate for like an hour and I come up to you. I'm like, Max, do they know you're an Arkell's uh, lead singer? And you're like, yeah, they're from Burlington. I'm like, yes. And I, was, I, was, I was so happy. <laughs> so then the next bar, because uh, as Max has already stated, he was not mm-hmm. pleased with the Portnoy bar, but I, you know, whatever, the drinks were cold. So we go to the next bar. I'm like, fine, like, let's, let's go. But I, I just hope it's good. And we, cause we couldn't get in places. We'd already mm-hmm. struck out in a couple Max. That yeah. was the other thing. So it's like, once you land somewhere where like you can get drinks pretty quickly, it's like, fine, we're in a groove. 
I was so glad we left because the next bar was a bar called Howl at the Moon in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like this sort of like Elton John, J- Billy Joel, two dual piano setup where they face the pianos at each other and they just go back and forth on the songs. And it's like all these pop ah, songs. And that was the bar with the person from Burlington. Yes. Sorry. Yes, yeah, that's right. That you're yes. right. You're correct. Yeah. But that was when then we we pivot there. Had you heard about that one, Max? How did we get there? Whose suggestion I don't, I don't was know that? how we got there? I'm not sure. Maybe Mike D. I'm not sure. But it was good. Mm, it was really a good, good suggestion, though. Uh, anyway, so that night's great. Everybody is up till three in the morning. Um, you know, we go back to the hotel. Everyone gets their sleep because the big the big attraction is the Friday night. What happened during the day on Friday? Anything of note? We don't have to tell every detail, but I think it was. No, uh, we went to the, we, oh, we went to the Cubs game. Oh, fuck. Jesus. Yeah, we went that to was, the Cubs and that game. That was that was that was an Adam Birchall product. That was the nut. That was his production. He really wanted to go to a Cubs game. The nut sets it up and a group of us went. I'd never been to Wrigley Field before. Max, had you been? I've been a couple times, but it's been a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, Wrigleyville is awesome. Uh, perfect. It was like a hot day. Probably about like eight or nine of us went. It was, it was wicked. And uh, it, was, it was a great way to spend the afternoon. But yeah, so we go back. Uh, <laughs> trip, trip dad, Mark Myers, right? It, it, like he's oh, very yeah. much Mark. Mark's ethos too is he really wanted to keep the group together. So I think there was times when things splintered off, which I don't care if guys splinter off. I just don't like if it impedes what we were planning to do. So if it's like we're waiting for someone in a lobby and then they ultimately bail, I'm like, well, you just you you cost us a half hour. But again, it's it's a trip. There's 22 guys. People are going to do things. But Mark, I think, likes let's keep it together. Let's keep it together. If we're all going to do something, and he wants to experience everything on the trip. I don't know how this happened, but it just pops into the group before we go to Wrigley that it's like, all right, everybody, this is Mark. We're going to all pitch in and we're going to get Greg a jersey since it's like his trip. I know how it happened, by the way. (laughs) Oh, I got to hear this because because we're by the pool and Greg, he can be very forthright with what he wants. Uh, So Greg's just like, hey, guys, today, everyone's going to buy me a jersey. Okay. And then Mark's like, okay, I'm going to make that happen. I really want that. And I, I want this thing at the Strokes concert too, the Strokes shirt. So Mark's like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll start with the Jersey. And then Mark immediately got on honoring Greg's request. And then Max puts in the group. I love how Greg found the one guy who will honor Greg's request. And then he organized it. Uh, and Greg got himself a Jersey and a hat. So one of the, one of the great things about the hotel location was right downtown and we are able to walk to Soldier Field. So basically, we all meet in the lobby at six o'clock. And uh, I talked to the Live Nation rep uh, on the phone. And he's like, yeah, you'll be taken care of. Meet me outside of the gate and we'll, uh, we'll get your tickets. So what ended up happening, what he t- I was like, listen, there's 23 of us. I know a suite only holds 20. So if we can <laughs> buy, you know, three more tickets and sneak the guys into the suite. He's like, you know what? I'm going to find three other tickets from another suite. Just give them to you so you can get through the door, but everybody can hang out together. I'm like, awesome. So we get there. And he's like, hey, you know what I actually end up doing for you guys? I'm giving you 40 tickets. The suites <laughs> are right next to each other. So there'll just be a lot more room for you guys to spread out. And there's also like food and beverage. I'm like, what the fuck? This is sick. This like completely exceeded our expectations. It was the so best. We, so we all go. And the thing which was kind of nice too is that like, you know, we, we get very lucky with being treated to sort of like very nice times but there's a bunch of guys who haven't you know been to a sporting event in a long time let alone going through this fancy entrance or going to a suite so it was cool like i I really felt happy to be able to you know share that and everybody was like very very pumped when we got into the suite and uh yeah there was like a fridge full of like beer and and when there's wine and there was these food and uh the chicken tendies they were the chicken tenders were amazing uh and 
The strokes were like good, but it was still like kind of that opening act energy, which it's hard in the daytime too at a mm. stadium, you know, because you mm. can see sort of the patches of some seats and it's like, yeah, it was an interesting thing to watch. But the tunes and they're are not a stadium so band either. Good. They're no, not a stadium they stick, band. Yeah, they kind of stand there and they do their thing. They're they're almost too cool for a stadium in a weird way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like yeah. where stadium energy needs to be like welcome everybody. You know, you kind of got to play to everything, and they just kind of do their thing. So the tunes are great. And you're watching them, but it wasn't until like about their last three where now like the sun had gone down mm-hmm. and it felt like you were at like a concert and you're like, oh, you know, anyway, go on. Yeah. So, and I'd say that like with, with our group, everybody was excited to see the strokes and a few of us are like, yeah, we like, I think we all like, like the chili peppers, but didn't they, no one would be like, Hey, who's your top five bands? No one would have the chili peppers in that list, but we're like, you know, happy to be at this big event. It's like totally sold out. And we're like, okay, so the lights go down. Chili Peppers come on. And it took about like two songs for us all to kind of look at each other and kind of think, are they our favorite band of all time? Like, <laughs> like, These guys are honestly, fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was like, yeah, I was like, holy shit. We love the fucking Chili Peppers. And, <laughs> and everyone's kind of getting like drunker and, and like, you know, people are dancing around and the lights are, and it's just like turns into the best thing. And Julian, uh, God bless him, is the first person, as he normally is, to take his shirt off. And by about, you know, 40 minutes into the concert, basically all 22 of us, a few people did, had their shirts off dancing around in this luxury suite to the Chili Peppers. Um, Shane, you had your shirt off, right? At one point I took my shirt off. I was, you know, I was in Greg's uh, bad books, let's say, uh, by <laughs> by the time uh, that this happened. Because Why? full disclosure, I missed the, the Wrigley game. And Greg had misrepresented himself a little bit on this trip because Greg is two different people. Like for the people who don't know Greg, he can say <laughs> one thing but mean another. And he can actually mean the thing. But if he's hung over, he doesn't. Or if he's a little drunk, he doesn't. So Greg had presented it like, listen, this trip, I don't want anyone to feel like they have to be around, like everyone do what they will. And we'll all get together at night and don't feel any pressure. So I missed the baseball game because Chicago isn't one hour time difference from Canada, but people were looking up the time of the game in Canadian time. So people said the game Mm -hmm. was at two when really the game was at one. So that morning I was, I stayed up very late. Okay. I stayed up till five a.m. the night before waiting for my White Castle burgers to be Uber Eats. Which <laughs> it's a whole it, other odyssey. It took a yeah. long time. It took hours for that Uber Eats to come, but I'm a very determined person and I will not go to sleep until I get my White Castle. So I'm exhausted. But Menard likes to wake up a little bit earlier and he plays like this like tranquil music in the morning. And he, and he, he does. He? Yeah, he gets me like slippers and he plays tranquil music and he opens the blinds. <laughs> and it was kind of cool. He just told me a story for two hours, uninterrupted story where I had to do very little. <laughs> and it was a fascinating story to his credit, but it was just what like, was it about? It was about his uh, life and just like a uh, filmmaking. <laughs> and it, you know, I don't, I can't, it was a kind of a, a personal cool story. That's things I'd never heard before, but I was like on the edge of my seat. Like he was a great storyteller and it was like yeah. listening to a podcast that you had to kind of like nod and go, Oh yeah, really? Wow. Uh, but I was fucking exhausted <laughs> So I needed a nap and I never take naps. And I said, I'm going to wake up right before everyone leaves to the game. And then I, I I go to go, but everyone had already left. But what I didn't realize was that missing this game, 
essentially put me on Greg's shit list a little bit because I wasn't now I'm not. <laughs> Which is part another of, theme of the weekend, by the yes, way. Yes. Who's on Greg's shit list? Yes, Greg is Batchzilla. This is a long way of saying that. <laughs> so then, you know, as we my roommate is a filmmaker too. And there he is in the process of making this awesome movie that I've been dying to see. I've been dying to see it for the longest time. So at 6 p.m., he started, or like maybe it was five. He showed me an hour of his film, like a sneak cut. And I'm on the edge of my seat of that. But the, unbeknownst to me, there was a, a lobby call at six. Mm. So I was late for the Chili Peppers concert. Also, I'm not the best oh, yeah. at text at, at group texts, especially if there's a lot of jokes. So sometimes the <laughs> jokes push out the pertinent information. So there was 30 jokes that had pushed out the part that said meet in the lobby at six. So I didn't see that because I was mm. engrossed in the film. And Menard isn't even a part of the group chat at all. So we had two people who were essentially not privy to that information. We show up late. Birchall has to come down. We missed strokes are probably my favorite band. I missed two of the strokes opening songs. It was kind of a bummer, but we're like, at least Greg is cool with us. Just like being a little bit loosey goosey on this trip. And then we're just getting the cold shoulder from old uh, Greggy boys. Like, where the fuck were you? And in my face and everyone's kind of treating us different. Like we, we missed the trip. It's like, you missed morning mojitos. You're out of my wedding party and all this. And it's like, you know, all of a sudden it's like any mistake you make could mean you're not only out of the wedding party, you're not invited to the wedding anymore. So that was kind of the vibe. So when everyone was shirtless, I was like, I don't know if I'm in the mood to be taking my shirt off right now. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like, you know, drunk enough or feeling like a part of the group. So Greg takes a video of everyone shirtless and just catches me in the corner. He's like, look at this fucking idiot wearing his shirt. And he's like, everyone's laughing at me. So then I'm like, fine, I take my shirt off and I started dancing around. But yes, I did eventually get shirtless. So before we move on, uh, just so our listeners know, my audio quality is going to change slightly because the battery on my H6 has died. And instead of changing them, we're just going to keep going. Um, yeah. Yeah, but th this also fits with the theme of like you and Sean sort of having your own sort of, you guys had a dinner that night. You went for like tacos. You guys had like a sort of like a thing, right? Like well, you'd gone for a nice dinner. We bumped, so we're walking out after I, I saw, I'm on a bit of a high from seeing Menard's film. I'm like honored he yeah. showed me it. I was really engrossed in, in the movie and we're hungry. So he's like, Let, let's go grab some tacos. And we walk out, we see Unsworth. And Unsworth is one of the most chill people on the planet. And we're yeah. like, hey, when's everybody leaving for the concert? He's like, I don't know. I think uh, 6, 6.15. We'll probably just end up getting uh, hammered in the lobby before we go. Says something to that effect. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, all right, cool, man. And we think, oh, we're just going to get tacos. It's going to be quick. But of course, it took us 40 minutes to get the tacos. And you stuck to the lobby call. You got to the lobby call at 6 and everyone left in a big group and the plan was to bring a uh, a roadie or, or a walkie i guess in this case where you walk with a beer illegally and you drink it on the way right that was kind mm -hmm. of like the the That's camaraderie activity it did affect the mood sean did end up ripping off his shirt and uh dancing by himself though because we were all in the uh, the other suite so it was it was a really funny scene where there was like <laughs> 22 people in one box and then just Menard <laughs> by himself just dancing shirtless. 
It's an awesome video. I don't know if it's we can get permission video. to post it, but. Well, the great thing about the suites is that they're just divided by this glass partition. So you could see into the other suite. So in the suite next to us, so there's two together, the one, one over had this like, it was, it was like double the size and it was probably about maybe 10, 12 people in there. Just sort of people kind of our age, a couple of people older. There's like a 10 year old boy there who also ripped his shirt off and was dancing with us. And we were kind of dancing with each other through the partition. Well, yeah, it's, and, they're all, they're all glassed in. Right. And it's so weird because you can literally see through the glass partitions all the way down. Like you can all the way down as far as you can see, you can see sort of suites. So you can kind of creep people, which is interesting, but it is also kind of weird. Cause it's like people can look into your suite and see. Well, what ended up happening was that they started we became the show. They stopped watching the Red Hot Chili Peppers and then they just started filming us. So basically everybody in the suite had their phone out, just laughing, like kind of encouraging us. And then, then we kind of started playing to them and we all pretended to be Anthony Kiedis and we were like rapping along to all the words. So I was like, these people fucking love us. The little boy, their, their 12 year old boy became so excited by what he had seen as he ripped his shirt off and started dancing like us and then came up to the window <laughs> And like pressed his hand against it and like Dan Hamilton pressed hands. And then they were like, they were cheering. And then our group was cheering. And it was like, we made this connection. And it was like, the boy had been sort of infected by the joyous sort of nature of the chili peppers. And we're like, give it away now. He was addicted to the shindig. Yeah. He was addicted to the shindig. So then I'm like, so I think to myself, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go over and say, hi, these are, we should know these people. So I go out into the hallway and I'm shirtless and I uh, try to op- I open the door, but it's locked. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, well, because there's never- a shirtless guy trying to get in when there's children in there. Of course they lock it. <laughs> no, but no, it's unusual. No, but I've been to like the sweet level at the Scotiabank Arena. Like no yeah. one, doors are never locked. So then there's an attendant going, trying to see me open the door. She's like, you can't do that. I'm like, it's locked. She's like, yeah, I know it's locked. You can't go in there. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand. They love us. <laughs> they love us. And then they're like, you can't go. I'm like, why? Are they important people or something? They're like, yeah. I'm like, who the fuck are they? They're like, she's like, the, the McCaskies. I'm like, who the fuck are the McCaskies? <laughs> and then she... And then she goes, they own the Chicago Bears and this stadium that we're in. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's fair. I guess you need some security. But uh, so I, I was very uh, delighted that, uh, that we end up getting a suite right next to the owners uh, of the team, which is very cool. It was incredible. And we also had, remember there was a weird, like a guy sort of came into our suite with a girl. Oh, yeah. And he was like, hey, like 100%, I sort of pegged it. I'm like, this guy's on a date with this girl. He's probably out of his league. And I think they're doing that thing where he somehow got up to this suite, this level. And I think uh. thing where he went in and he basically found a suite where we didn't say like, get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, that's your most likely outcome. But a lot of times like there's work things. So it's like someone just assumes, you know, someone. So it is a bold play, but I can see how it could work. But mm. so then him and his kind of date just kind of sat down and, hung out in our suite for like half an hour, which was very weird. Yeah. But we're like Canadians and kind of like, whatever. Who- like, this is not our suite either. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? So like, I guess we don't have the right to say fuck off. Right? 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So, so the concert ends and um, this maybe leads to the greatest controversy of the weekend is uh, so Dan Hamilton famously has ants in his pants. Like if you're out with him any night, you get to a bar and he cannot wait to go to the next bar. Like he just has no patience for anything. Everything is better at the next place. And leaving the stadium is like getting 60,000 people out of there is kind of a nightmare. Also, I will add, I am of the mind that group travel, like I, I've done exclusively group travel in groups of like 15 for my entire life, like anywhere between five to 15 and five to 20 with Arkells. So whenever I can take an opportunity to not be a part of the group, I always take it. Like even at the airport, I was like, I'm just going to do my own thing because because it slows down the thing. I'm going to spend so much time with everybody anyway the next day. And also I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you know, I, I just pulled off this miracle. I've gotten everybody uh, into into the suite. So I don't owe anybody anything or anymore. So Dan's like, Max, everyone's walking way too slow, way too slow, way too slow, way too slow. Let's fucking go. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So I'm like, okay, okay, cool. So I'm sort of like chasing after him as he's sort of kind of walking quickly slash running as fast as he can to kind of get around the big crowds. Wait, and of course, we're actually going to blame this on Dan Hamilton? In, in a part. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I'm part of it too. <laughs> I, I am part of it too. I did say I hate, uh, I feel no obligation to the group after I mm. pulled off this miracle and uh, and also we're spending so much time. So anyway, I get it though. It's a bad look uh, because basically the group is like kind of casually trying to figure out where to go on a Friday night and they just see Dan and I running away, uh, which is, yeah, again, I get it. Um, Are you and Virtual getting us a suite at a music arena considered a miracle? No, but it was a big part of the weekend and I yeah. just figured like, okay, I've done my part and uh, anyway, but even if I didn't, ha- even if, by the way, even if I had nothing to do with the suite, I still would have been like, okay, I'm of the mind too, with a group of 23, you break off into whatever group you want, at a, especially at a certain hour of the night. So the other thing is that there's a DJ uh, that I know who's playing at this nightclub Tau. He's invited Birchall and I to go see. This is this guy, Frank Walker. He's, you know, 
He's managed by the same guys. Tiesto, I know him. Nice guy. And Tao's a cool place. I'm like, oh, and he's like, hey, I got three spots for you, three th- three spots for virtual. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, that could be kind of fun. And also, just kind of like the instinct that kind of got us into the suite is the same instinct to go, oh, maybe I should go. He's invited me to see a set. Maybe I should go say hi because he's, you know, just sort of a, uh, uh, like do, uh, doing well. He's he's a touring musician. Just like it's part of the kind of hustle of uh, of what I do every day. Anyway, you could also make the argument that you don't need to be doing that when you're on a bachelor trip in Chicago. Why did you do that? But so like, you're framing tell- this as like a work, like a uh, networking. No, I'm just saying that it's my instinct to go do the thing is also that it, it comes with good shit and it comes with bad shit okay. or annoying shit is all I'm saying. Dan five hears that we can go to this thing. He's like, yeah, let's just go there. Let's go. Let's go there. I'm like, okay, cool. So basically we get to the nightclub on the way to the nightclub. I'm just getting texts from Greg in our group text with Dan, Greg and I going, where the fuck are you? 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 I'm thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, Greg, you're around 20 of your other friends. Who cares if Dan and I have fucked off for a little bit? It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll connect with you again. And so basically my phone's about to die. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm turning off my phone. I can't deal with this. We get to Tao and uh, they let us in. We're on the guest list. I'm like, hey, we're tell, tell, the, tell the line with this. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wearing my gym shorts and like uh, probably a Blue Jays vintage T-shirt. And a, you're a in your hat. Adam Sandler phase of fame, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, hey, I think we're on the guest list. And the bouncer just looks at me and he goes, you got to be on somebody's guest list if you're looking like that, my man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, OK, so then we go in, we buy a round of drinks. Two drinks is like forty eight dollars. Oh, Keep in I mind, Tat. Tao nightclub is like bottle service. All the sections are roped off. It's like very heavy club. It's music. like out of a movie. It's a cliche nightclub. Yeah. And by the way, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I had a birthday festivities at, at share nightclub where a lot of the champagne, champagne boys came in and it's, and it's that kind of place too. And most people did not have a good time. Most, most guys, I'd say half the group would be like, what, what the fuck are we doing at this nightclub? And I totally get that. I have a little bit more of a stomach for it. I'm a little bit more entertained by it. All good. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what? We'll probably be here. I don't think we're going to buy another drink, but uh, we'll probably be here for another literally 10 minutes and then we'll go meet up with the group. Then Frank reaches out. Uh, actually, my, I hadn't turned my phone off yet because I was able to get this text message from Frank. He goes, hey, I got a table next to the DJ booth. If you want to sit there and drink whatever you can have. I'm like, sick. We go over there. There's two bottles of Casamigos that are just untouched. So Dan and I look at each other. We're like, we're staying here and fuck Greg because he's being bachelor right now. Not fucking doing it. <laughs> so I turn off my phone and anyway, it turns out we end up like meeting people. We're having a great time. Frank's DJing. It's all awesome. And then Dan looks at me, and goes, they're at the door. I'm like, what do you mean they're at the door? They're like, a bunch of them came. They're at the door. They're waiting. They want, they, they, they want in. I'm like, huh? I'm like, who? He's like, there's a lot of them out there right now. I'm like, Security can't handle them. There's too many. They want to dance and they're thirsty. So, so I go down. I'm like, uh, hey, guys. So who's there? Was it you, Greg? Who else is there? I can't even remember. Oh, the crew like Felix, P, J. Cal. There was like a, it was like we had a crew, man. So you, yeah, you come out. So I come out. I'm like, hey, guys. Okay, I think I got you some wristbands. Okay, hey, and I'm asking the bouncer. I'm like, where can we get some more? Can they come in? And then we we get you guys in. And Greg just sort of storms past me. I'm like, hey, Greg, like we have like a, 
like a table you can drink something and he's like yeah i know he just like walks <laughs> oh my <off>. goodness <laughs> he storms to the booth that we have next to the dj booth and just belligerently starts pouring like <laughs> bottles of like 1942 <laughs> and like casamigos like doesn't say thank you he's like yeah yeah you owe me this <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, um so basically um that happened and it was uh I ended up leaving probably in 15 minutes. I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. It was late enough anyway. So uh but it seemed like uh everybody kind of enjoyed themselves on the Saturday, right? Uh, was there anything else to report on this on that Saturday? Oh Saturday was well Saturdays uh was it's funny because it's like the big night it happened, the Friday night obviously. Oh, sorry, Friday. That, that's what I meant to say. So Friday. Uh, yeah. Friday night, we did the Strokes. And it's funny, like you said, I keep calling it the Strokes concert because I think that was like, if you pulled the majority of our group, that would be the band people were excited about. But it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. And like, despite the the, the Tao drama, the next morning, Greg was like on cloud. Now, like Greg and I shared a room. And I thought, like I woke up and I look over it, and he's in his bed and he's got like his head because I was like, yo, and he doesn't, he doesn't answer me. So I'm like, oh, is he working? Because he had like kind of like his his phone. So I thought he was kind of like reviewing footage or something. So I'm like, is he working? He's not hearing me, whatever. Uh, Sean Menard, uh, you know, to, to speak highly, to say something nice about Sean Menard. Cause we're kind of, you know, joking about his nature is the, I get a call like in the, the room, like the phone rings. And I'm like, what? Like, is this like, who, why is the front desk calling Menard room to room call? He's like, Mikey. I'm like, Sean. Uh, he's like, could I interest you and Greg in a delicious free breakfast? Uh, compliments of, of me. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I actually have to do some stuff because it also happened to be Danica's birthday, which I was missing. But I was like, I have to do some stuff, but let me ask Greg. So I'm like, Greg, Greg, he's still not even aware. Of, he's just locked in. I get his, like, I get in his eyeline. He pops his headphones on. I'm like, hey, I'm like, uh, Sean's on the phone. Oh, I'm like, he wants to have you go for breakfast. I'm like, yep, I'll go. I'm like, all right, he'll come down and meet you in the lobby in five minutes. I hang up, I'm like, what, what are you doing? He goes, I've just been listening to Chili Peppers albums for the last hour. <laughs> like, honestly, I forgot how fucking awesome this band is. And then he literally <laughs> just went on about how they're underrated. And it made, but it filled my heart with joy that he was now on the Chili Peppers tip, probably still a little bit drunk, you know, maybe coming down from whatever angry harbored for you and Dan, uh, which we did. I would say the group did find it highly entertaining that you had just pulled off what you're describing as a miracle. Like he had just sort of had this, this unique, <laughs> unique experience, but still was able to find the capacity to be uh, pissed off at you. Oh yeah. The second part of the experience. Cause you and Dan, but you guys kind of, you do that. Thing. Oh we, yeah, we do. We do that thing. And then, and that, and that's, yeah, that's part of our reputation. Did um, you hear about the free breakfast? What went down there? Yeah. So this is how this yeah. was Shane. Oh, this God. is yeah. Shane, tell that story. That's what this oh. was, right? That's what the breakfast was. It was part of that thing, right? Well, yeah. So some people like when, when I was napping that one day, people just walked in my room and started like getting in the bed or whatever. And I was like, ah, and Menard is like, get out, get out, get out. This, this isn't your room. And they're like, I assure you it is. And Martin Ard's like, I assure you it isn't like this guy's napping. So then the hotel people <laughs> had to like break it up and like they gave us. What time drink. of day was this? This was right before the Cubs game. So about noon. So yeah. So like the day when everyone went to the Cubs game, so yeah. we, we've been given complimentary breakfast and mm. uh, four drink tickets. So I took the drink tickets. Menard took the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the breakfast and I've been staying up so late every night waiting for White Castle. Cause every night I'm up till at least five or 6am waiting for the Uber Eats. He's like, Shane, let's go get a breakfast. I'm like, no. So he offers it to uh, Mike, who I guess offered it to Greg, but then Greg ended up ordering all these screwdrivers and stuff, which, you know, you get a free <laughs> breakfast, but that can balloon up to like hundreds of dollars. So uh, 
it, it, I think the bill ended up like it was something ridiculous, like two hundred and forty dollars for like for the free breakfast. And Menard's like, hey, I provided the complimentary breakfast. I'm not paying the bill, guys. I'm not contributing at all. He leaves. <laughs> then Greg's like, it's my bachelor party. I'm Batchzilla. He leaves. And then someone was just left. I think it was Al or Blanchard. Or oh, were no. left you know to, with the bill. You know what happened? So when he called, he asked if Greg and I wanted to go for breakfast, but maybe he was hoping to just get Greg. I don't know. I assumed he had three vouchers because he was offering Greg and I to come. I was like, I can't go, but Greg, do you want to go? And then Julian took my spot. Greg gets on the phone. Greg is like, oh, Julian will join us. So I, the, the three that went were Julian, Sean, and Greg. I had not heard this part of the story. So there is a chance that Julian just caught like a $200 breakfast bill. There's so many limitations. Anytime you get a free breakfast, it's always like only includes includes scrambled eggs, does not include toast, jams extra. And it's like, it's never (laughs) really a free breakfast. And Greg was kind of like Owen Wilsoning it or Vince Vaughn. Like, oh, I haven't had a screwdriver in years and just kept ordering like doubles and triples. And Greg also loves getting day drunk on these trips. Like it's his favorite thing. So the bill, yeah, it got quite high and these hotel drinks are not cheap. And then it got pinned on one of the people, which I'm, I thought it was Blanchard, but I guess it was Julian. Speaking of not, not cheap. So like the, just to quickly circle back to the suites, they gave us all this amazing like food and beverage, but the way that it works is once you clear out the beverage and there was like wine and bottles and like beer, like that, a fridge full of beer, but like 23 champagne boys are going to like, that's going to go quick. And I, I was like, I'm not mixing this trip. I don't want to wake up with like pounding headaches. If I, like if I drink red wine after drinking beer all day, it's just not going to happen. So I'm like, I'm sticking to beer. Virtual, to his credit, doing the, the, the thank you means, he ordered like a couple like bottles of vodka, like, I don't know, Grey Goose or some shit. Like after we ran out of our stuff and the guys yeah, drank sweet. both suits, right? Yeah. He, Virtual just ordered like some, like, a, a, probably cost him a couple hundred bucks. And the reason I know that is because I was like, oh, I like, I want some beer. Like I'll, I'll order around for the group and, so I, the attendant's like, oh, like, what do you want? I'm like, what do you got beer wise? And she's like, Tecate, you can get like a six pack of Tecate or a 12 pack of Tecate. And I'm like, well, call me the Tecate kid. Make it 12. Bring them on <laughs> up. And she, she brings me like 12 Tecates because I'm like, oh, I'm buying for the group. How much could 12 Tecates cost? And Birchall's like, yo. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I don't think you realize how much those Tecates are going to be. Like, what is it, like 100 bucks? He's like, at least. I'm like, all right, whatever, fine. And then Dan's like, I'll, I'll go in on that with you. Like, don't worry. Like, cause you know, cause Dan wanted some beer too on, you know, so she brings the 12 Tecates. I'm like, uh, she presents the, the bill and it was like, yeah, it was like 200 bucks. It was like a hundred bucks for a six pack of Tecate. <laughs> oh and then God. I'm like, but at that point I'm like, I'm balling. I'm next to the fucking family that owns the bears. I'm not going to be like, maybe take the Tecates back down. <laughs> I was like, all right. And you know, what's 20% on 200 bucks. And, and so I'm tipping her and 40, then yeah. I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they put the Tecates in the fridge and I was like, you know, I'm a man of the people and I did get them for everybody, but I was like, I'm taking two Tecates. They can split they can play <laughs> over and I want one now and I'm going to want one for as the concert's ending. So I, I feel bad two. now for taking one swig and then hucking that in the garbage now. I didn't know that. I just <laughs> thought that was extra. I was like, oh, one sip of the What's road. Swill? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So then, um, so sad. So okay, we, we're on Saturday, and w- w- Sean goes to the baseball game. But it's pretty slow day, but it's fun. But I kind of realize because we're like, "What's the plan for tonight? What's the plan for tonight?" And the weather was a little bit weird, so we didn't know exactly what we could do. And I kind of realized that it's like with a lot of the Hamilton dads, like you're very content with just hanging around a pool with literally nobody else around but the twenty-two. Guys, mm-hmm. like if, if nobody had taken control, 
I, I, we probably would have gone back to the games room, which was a fine bar and maybe gone back to the Howlin' Pete's or whatever the fuck it's called, like the piano thing. But I was like, you know, and we, like, you know, we should try to like think of something, right? Like there's gotta be like, we're in Chicago. It's a world-class city. Like, so I basically, I just Google best bar in Wicker Park and Wicker Park is like a, a hip neighborhood in Chicago, not too far from the hotel. And, we, and we're like, all right, guys, like we're going to this place, eight o'clock. So everyone's like, okay, cool. Sounds good. Like it just, somebody needed to like make a plan. So we go to this bar and I think like 21 of us showed up. Did, Shane, were you there? Yes. Okay. Uh, Paradise, Paradise two, Park. Paradise Park. The first car was me, you, Maxi, like Greg, Dan, I think in Menard. And uh, it was a very cool bar. And they had like it, a Winnebago in there. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. So it was just kind of exactly what you want. Because I think w- what we all enjoy is just the stimulation of being around like lots of people. And like, you know, and I think and we had spent so much time like around the pool and hanging out in our small groups that it was like, okay, the time is now to experience a little bit more Chicago. So we went there. And then I just like looked up like, okay, n- Chicago nightlife events. And there was this ABBA dance party that was happening at the House of Blues, which is a seven minute walk from our hotel. So I was like, okay. So I texted our tour manager, Eric. I was like, Eric, can you get in touch with the venue staff at Chicago House of Blues? See if we can get some passes for this thing. It's a $30 concert ticket, like which seemed kind of expensive for just like a DJ playing ABBA songs. But I was like, okay, let's give it a go. Describe the scene, Mike, uh, rolling up uh, to the House of Blues. Yeah. So like Max, they said, we're going to actually go do this thing. So I'm like, okay, ABBA, is, is it like an ABBA cover band? Or like, what is this? Is it like, is it like, it's like going to the horseshoe and somebody's, it's like four people dressed up like ABBA and they're sort of, and I don't know what I think of it. I'm like, I'm down. Like, whatever. This sounds cool. We go It's tickets. You said you sorted it out. We get out of the Uber and it is like this, this sort of like crush of people. It's lined up around the, 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 the venue. And it's like, everybody is dressed in like seventies cosplay. Like it's like colors, bell bottoms, flowers. And it's just like, holy shit. These people are taking this like very seriously. This is a scene. This is going to be very fun and very entertaining. Awesome. Max, like we get the tickets. We go in, uh, we get past the line too. It was like, bypass the line. Wait in the yeah. line. bypass the line. We sort it out. Uh, we get up and they only serve these giant beers. It was kind of weird. It was like those, remember those, it was like giant cans of beer. Like you get at like a baseball game or something, whatever. So we're having beers and then the rest of the guys start to show up. And also, I don't know if we had enough tickets, but Max, then you sorted that out. You like mm. tickets and then like everybody like just split the cost. Yeah. So basically like uh, we ended up buying six extra tickets for 180 bucks, but split between 18 ways. It was 10 bucks a person. So like totally everybody was happy with it. Was, it was a good uh, use of the money. Then uh, somebody comes up and or you go see somebody. And you have a bunch of these badges. Mm. Oh, we've got like, uh, I don't know what they're called. But like basically the thing that Lincoln was shot in. Yeah, the like, yeah, the balcony. Uh, Whatever those things are called, it's like they're very specific in, in old theaters where it's like, you know, you know where Lincoln was. Yeah, those big booths that, like, like, like booth. at an opera where you'd get those binoculars that you hold with one hand. Yeah, yeah. totally. I feel like they have a name that I'm forgetting, but anyway, <laughs> it's a so booth. like we get these. Yeah, he was yeah, shot in a booth. booth. That's the famous thing he shot in. Yeah, or was he shot by John Wilkes Booth? Oh, yeah, I knew was there was booth. something booth related. There yes. <laughs> no wonder it's so confusing. Maybe that's why they call them booths. <laughs> that's the origin. <laughs> um, there's yeah, some Lincoln historian listening to this, appalled that we're laughing at this right now. <laughs> Too soon. Um, we end up, so we get our own booth, whatever this is. And uh, it's awesome because it's like private. It's got curtains on its own side. And you can sort of see down on like the, the sea of people, but. So like we've got like a large group, obviously, but like not everyone is totally aware of the, the our our thing yet, and so they got to make their way up. But so people are kind of amongst the crowd, but you can see it, and it's just the vibe was hilarious. 
You've never been happier, Mike. Just you looking out on the sea of people dancing. And 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 by the way, if we were going to like a Tao, they'd be playing a bunch of like modern music that would not everyone necessarily knows. They're playing nothing but like the greatest songs from the 70s and 80s. Like just shit that we know every word. So you were so happy and that made me very happy. I was loving it. And it's like, that's the way I like to experience like, a, like it was a unique vantage point. You could people watch for days because also the House of Blues is amazing. Obviously, I'd, n- I'd never been there before, but like it went up like another three levels where you could see all the other booths and balconies and people partying in all levels. And then that, it was just like, it was actually pretty, like it was just, it felt grand. And I was like, you could take in a lot. I'm crushing these beers. I'm surrounded by my friends who I love. The guy, the guys that were in like the pit, like that was entertaining as hell. Like, cause you know, it's a champagne boy. So they're just, it was very, very fun and entertaining. And then eventually like the, our group joins like the group in the booth that Max had like sort of sorted out. And then this is where uh, I, you posted the video. I think Max to social media to our, uh, to the best hang pod. Oh, is that what I did? It's like sort of shame. Like I a was dictator wondering or who something. was posting that because this a lot of the trip on the group events i wasn't a part of it i wasn't in any photos alex is messaging me like i'm concerned it doesn't seem like you're a part of the group what are you doing you know she's wondering what i'm up to i'm like no i'm fine i'm like the most chill guy here like i'm just you know going at my own pace and uh you know i'm just getting white castle at night i'm I'm keeping it pretty tame and then there's this video i'm like we are living like i don't know what i'm singing i look as hammered as humanly possible and you know alex is just like this isn't the good video but i thought it was mike who posted it i'm not gonna say anything it's cool we're at a bachelor party but now now it makes more sense that you posted it max yeah, I also heard that uh, another champagne boy got in trouble because uh, for COVID, I think maybe some people had given uh, pep talks about, you know, being in close proximity with like lots of shit. And then, yeah, I was greeted at the door with a COVID test when he got home being mm-hmm. like, huh? But yeah, um, a champagne boy who will <laughs> remain nameless. No, all those people were cool, though. They had tested before they went to that shirtless dance party. when he got home his wife had just had a bucket sitting outside of the door of their house with a covid test and a mask and was basically like and i think it's because the videos whatever it was that abba party i think that was like oh like you guys were that was a lot of people um that being said nobody's tested positive since coming back so the video the video you posted this video which I was seeing, and it's like Shane is like the shirtless dictator, sort of spl- spl- sharing his bountiful alcohol with the masses below the unwashed mass. Singing Billy Joel Piano Man, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I will say, although Shane, which Shane was totally reasonable. Like, it's like, it's one of those videos that made it seem like he was way. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, that was the vibe at the party. So it was almost like you were doing a parody of what it would be like in yeah. that yeah. party. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So we, um, so anyway, it, we're there. To like you know two in the morning we all kind of start to venture off and uh look for food and food for whatever reason just where we were at was like wasn't there wasn't a ton of options but then there was also a little murmur happening in certain circles that's like sophie tucker uh who are like a dj electronic kind of duo uh are, are djing at tau should we go back to tau so i like, guess tj uh, sophie tucker that's right. So I'm like, maybe we go, maybe we do go to Tao. So I text a few people. I'm like, is anyone near this direction? Anyone want to try to go to Tao again? They're like, okay. So I meet up with like Mark and were you there, Shane? I was, yes. Okay. And who else was there? It was Mark, Shane, who else? Uh, oh, Dan Hamilton, who made me buy him a double vodka at the uh, bar 
And then of course, Dan's like, this place sucks. I'm leaving. So I, I he wouldn't even drink the double. So I got, it, it was like 70 something dollars for the drink. And he just, he's like, I'm leaving. So we, so we get there and, and because I'm kind of dressed in a funny way, uh, the bouncers recognize me. I'm like, Hey man, how's it going? Good to see you. As if I'm like, I'm a regular, I'm like, yeah, I'm on the guest list again uh, for thing. Cause by the way, it's an, I didn't know this, but it's an expensive uh, door cover charge. Mm. So they kind of look at me. They're like, you're not on the list. I'm like, come on, man. You look, look at the way I'm dressed. Uh, it's me. Let, let me in. And they know I'm lying, but they're like, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm with these four, four guys. They got to go. I'm like, okay, cool. So we go in. But then uh, other groups find out that we're back at Tau. And so the group texts start uh -oh. exploding going... Um, so, so I, I found the, I found the group, uh, text it's three twenty five in the morning, Greg, yo, we're out front of town. Can you get us in <laughs> Greg, Mike J only three dudes, Dan. Okay. I'm finding max one second. Okay. Myers is coming out. Greg, su sweet. The guy's saying it's $70 per dude to get in. Um, and then Mike goes, get Greg in lame. We're going home. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, your, your Mike's tendency to defend his brother at all costs, especially when drinking, is very sweet and admirable. Mike said lame. But Mike said lame. Oh man, get, get Greg in. Lame. Oh. And then, <laughs> it was three thirty-six in the morning. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, words. I just gave this motherfucker the time of his life at House of Blues. This guy's never been happier in his fucking life. Mike, I'm just imagining Mike. I'm like, there's no way Greg or Mike could ever be mad at me get and by the way tau yeah anyway it was fucking on the i also don't like care but greg was like it was the last <laughs> night mark myers comes out and he's like oh I like you know because he's tripped out he's like i'm trying to sort of like surely he can get one guy and like jay and i were like we don't care but like for greg's last night let him have one night cap and then he'll come home with everybody and then yeah like the it basically the lame was it wasn't happening we've been waiting a while and, you know, I don't want to see my, my buddy, my little brother, you know, and then yeah. but again, this was like, you know, this felt like an extension of him just trying to prove he could get in from the night before. Who knows? Now, now that I have the whole backstory of his sort of uh, the dynamic between you, him and Dan, when it comes to this fucking club in Chicago. Uh, so, yeah, we said that. And then I was like, yeah, let's let's get out of here. Speaking of Tao, though. So the night before you do get us like into Tao. And when we leave. So me, Mark and my brother leave the night before. And all the cabs are out there waiting. It's like, whatever, three in the morning or something. This is the night before. And so I'm like, hey, we're just going back to the Radisson. I know it's like not far. It's like 10 minutes. I don't even know. But I know it's close enough to walk. But I'm like, we don't want to walk. So I'm like, can we get in this? Uh, we're going to the Radisson. Yeah. It's a cab. And the guy's like, yeah, 40 bucks. I'm like, what? I'm like, 40. He's like, $40 if you want a ride. I'm like, no, man, just like run the meter. He's like, no one runs the meter this time of night. It's $40. I'm like, I'm not paying $40 to go to the Radisson. So then me and Mark and Greg like start walking and I see another cab just coming up and the guy like pulls up and I'm like, I'm like flag the cab. I'm like, Hey, hey like run meter, run meter. I must've seemed like a crazy person that I was so obsessed with the meter. <laughs> They're burning tourists here or anyone that's coming out of this club, that I guess they figure out money. So I'm just like, I was like, you're running the meter. He's like, yeah, bro, I'm going to run the meter. I'm like, awesome. Thank you. We jump in. Guess how much it was to get back to the, the Radisson. $7 and 25 cents. So it was like, whatever. I gave him a 10. We kept it moving. This cuts to the next night where I guess, Shaney, you come out of the club and they're running the same bit on people. But you hadn't heard this story from the night before. We'd never connected about this. Yeah, well, yeah. So I, I had to drink Dan's drink that he didn't drink. So I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm overserved at this point. I, I, I leave walking around. It's always suspicious when a cab approaches you 
So the I must have looked ridiculous because the cab saw me a mile away, runs out of his cab like he's on foot, and he approaches. He's like, "Hey, come in my cab! Come in my cab!" We're like, "Oh, sweet! It's me and John Poplis. That's the, the other person who's at the club." So we get in the cab, and this guy's instantly. He's just very chatty. He's like, "I'm going to Vegas tomorrow." He's like, "You guys want cocaine?" I'm like, "Wow, this is." <laughs> Like, okay, no, thank you. But you have fun in Vegas and he gets to the story and we're just joking with the cab. We, we two minutes later, it seems like we're at the Radisson. Uh, he's like, who's paying? I'm like me, you know, I'm Mr. Generous. So I pull out my credit card and it's 70 bucks. And I, <laughs> and I tipped him 20%, <laughs> which and this was before it was converted to Canadian. So it was over a hundred when I got my bill for a $7 cab ride. Yeah, I'm an idiot. But, oh you could have well. got six. You could have got six tequilas <laughs> no, no, no. for that price. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I do think that these stories are the things that make yeah. the trips so funny. Yeah, they're the greatest. Yeah. It, anyway, it was very entertaining. But what were you going to say, Max? Oh, I know. I, I mean, I had such a good time, and and I do like that Greg is considered a bachelor now. And I did get a call from him. I was in L.A. earlier in the week. I left from Chicago to go to L.A. And I was got a call at like 7 a.m. Pacific time from Greg. I was like, hello? What's going on? And he just called to apologize. He's like, hey, I just want to apologize for my behavior on the weekend. You know, I feel really bad about the things I said and how I treated you. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> well, I can say Greg also did apologize to me and Sean, uh, each in his own unique way. With, with Sean, he said... Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I know it's Shane. He's not good at checking the group messages. You know, you have to be with Shane. <laughs> and then with me, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, you're you're with Menard and uh, you got to do what he wants to do. So he gave us each unique apologies to make us each feel like it was the other roommate. That takes the blame. <laughs> I, you know what, though? I will, I will say, uh, you know, because, you know, obviously we're lightly teasing Greg, who's been termed Batchazilla now. Uh, but... Greg is not the most, he's not a sentimental guy. He's not going to make a sentimental speech. He's not that mm -hmm. sort, you know, but in the, in the group, the, uh, the Chicago dogs, as it's now called, uh, <sighs> he sent a really, really sweet sort of message. He did. I don't think I'll read it because I don't want to pull a tone. We'll post it though. It is, is quite long. <laughs> I don't know if we have the time. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, but he sent a really, really sort of like sweet and, uh, uncharacteristic as far as displaying. Uh, sort of like his gratitude for everyone that showed up and how much fun he did have, despite his sort of mini side quarrels with some of the guys on the trip. Uh, and I thought that that message was mm -hmm. really representative of how I know he mm -hmm. felt. And I think it is moving that that many people sort of like show up and party uh, mm -hmm. and have a, such a good time. So it also represents how low your serotonin is after a trip like this. You're just like so <laughs> emotional. It took me, I think, four days to start feeling normal again after that trip. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And then, uh, so like, what's the next one then? What do we got, Brody Dawson? Yeah, next bachelor party. Yeah, yeah. And then, then we All have right. the series of fortieth birthdays coming up. That you know, twenty three of those to look forward to. And then the then the divorce parties. Yes, you know? of course. Yeah, probably. Uh, what's the uh, divorce rate? Fifty percent. So yeah, we got at least yeah. twelve and a half of those to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, guys, I mean that was the trip. I, I mean we were going to do some topics because there's nah. a lot going on in the news, but I think we're going to skip them. I think that, mm. that was it. We gave you guys, you know, it was fun to relive uh, uh, the trip. It was fun to be on that that mm -hmm. trip uh, with everybody, and yeah, it, it is interesting because I feel like you know Max. It's funny because it's like the three of us do this this pod and we're obviously very close, 
But then the trip like that, like you can count the moments you actually connect. You know what I mean? It's like Max was like on the walk to the to the the arena to the stadium. We had like sort of like a ten minute. Oh, like we're catching up in person. Mm-hmm. Shane, it was at the games room where me and you sort of like had like a yeah. sidebar for half an hour where you get deep and you kind of have that moment. But then the rest of the trip, you're kind of just, you ping around and you got other sort of things. I was intentionally trying not to talk to you guys because I wanted to say for the pod. I was like, I don't want to tell them any of these Good things. Good move. Yeah. Yes, you did. There was a few times you're like, no, 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 save for the pod. We're going to talk about it. And we did. And uh, I guess that's our episode. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you so much, Nathan Nash, for putting this all together. Thank you to Manager Ash, as always, who, by the way, I will say was like on it. Because like we obviously had you and Mike D from Arkells on this trip. And I, she is so on top of everything you guys are doing and where you are. And obviously, you can't lose an Arkell in Chicago. So she's like, I need flights. I need the hotels, all this stuff. And was just like on it, making sure you got to L.A. when you need to get L.A. and all those things and very helpful also like in the planning with some planning stuff i'd reached out to her originally we were talking about getting tour buses and going mm. somewhere and so she'd gone quite a bit down the road helping me with that so thank you to her for everything she does with the pod and also just all the other random stuff that uh, that we, we ask because we don't know things uh, and she does so thank you so much for listening that's it that's all it's our episode guys great hang maybe the best What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.